0: and when we've tuned. Always important, it always sounds better.
1: We lift up a shout of His name and an Praise the Lord, praise
2: the Lord, Jesus, Savior of the world.
0: God, we thank you that you are our Savior. And Lord, that being saved is so much more than just taking our sin away. Lord, you transform everything and our hope is a new heaven, a new earth, a new body, a new being, and more intimate relationship with you than we can ever imagine. Lord, you are truly our Savior. Jesus, name. All right, and because we're doing things slightly new. No, Sheridan's going to talk now. I thought that was what the run sheet was, but he wasn't here, so I just started, so... Oh, look, here we go.
3: I was trying to catch his eye and I couldn't catch it. How are you doing? Great. Fantastic. Well, welcome. It's good to have you here tonight. Nice to see you. And uh, if you're visiting with us tonight, welcome. It's great to have you here as well. Before you take a seat, why don't you kind of get out of your seats for a little bit. Say hello to two or three people. Welcome them. Introduce yourself. Push past that scary barrier. In the back row, come in the front row, all that kind of stuff. to have you with us tonight. It is also wonderful to have Grant McAllister with us all the way from Hong Kong. And we'll be hearing from him a little bit later, but uh, it's great. We've been journeying with Grant. Grant's been journeying with us, whatever it is. We've been on the journey together for, um, well, they went overseas 21 years ago, so it started before that. And um, we'll get to hear from Grant a bit later, so that'll be really good as we focus on our global mandate tonight. A couple of things that you need to know about Uh, Our school of leadership starts this week. And school of leadership, If the world is desperate for good leaders. Everything rises and falls on leadership. It's just the way it is. And the world is desperate for good leaders, whether it be in the community, in the marketplace, in church. We need good leaders everywhere, and we need uh, people who understand what leadership is about. Leadership really is about influence. And um, so we've got a school of leadership starting, and it's going to be... We're going to hold it three times this year. Each time is for four weeks long. it will be three separate courses. The first course, starting this Tuesday night at 6 p.m., is Personal Transformation. And uh, that's it's going to be a great course. We're doing it over four weeks. We'd love to see you there. It goes from 6 p.m. to 7.20. You need to bring something to eat if you want to have dinner in that period. It goes from 6 p.m. to 7.20. It'll cost you nothing except your presence here, which is pretty good, isn't it? We just... I really have a burden on my heart that we've got to get as many people as possible training in the whole area of leadership because uh, the Bible's very clear that God's got stuff for us to do. Ephesians 2.10, many other passages, God's got stuff for us to do, things he planned a long time ago. And uh, we need to be at our best and we need to develop to our potential um, so that God can do incredible things through us. So. These cards are all in the foyer. If you take one, just write your name on it, drop it in one of the boxes at the back, and then turn up on Tuesday at 6 p.m. We would love to see you. That would be good. Next Saturday, next Sunday, Saturday will be a day too soon. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. So put it in your diary. Guys, the sons especially, put it in the diary that it's your mother's Mother's Day. Next Sunday. And um, in the morning, our gathering here is only going to be 10 a.m., not 9, not 10.30, 10 a.m. only. So uh, we're doing a combined one to celebrate Mother's Day, so that's next week. If you arrive at 9, you'll be way too early. If you arrive at 10.30, you'll be way too late. 10 a.m. is the time. It'll be fantastic. We've got a whole lot of stuff happening at the moment. If you're not on the um, e-news list, It'd be really good if you're on the e-news list because that way I don't have to talk about all the things here. You'll just get to see them when they get emailed to you. Um, So make sure that the Hub's got your email and you'll get the the news and everything that's going on. There's heaps going on this month that you need to know about, so that would be good. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary or uh, got engaged in the last week? is Vona's birthday today. Come on, Vona. It's Kat's birthday as well. Fantastic. Your birthday too? Yesterday, happy birthday. Fantastic. Any other birthday? Stay here. We're going to pray for you very quickly before you run off. Any other birthdays? Nothing. You're very quiet. Why is this? Okay, stand up on your feet. Come on. We get to make up for your quietness now by really putting some effort into praying. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, purpose, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy birthday to you all. Very good. I'll hand it back to Andy. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Who likes singing hymns? Sweet. Who likes singing hymns different? Sweet. Something for everyone. Who likes putting their hands up? Yeah, nice. That's what I thought. Hey, we've got um we've got a version of Amazing Grace. It's a little bit more upbeat for people who are here this morning. It was kind of like this. We had different instruments, but but um god's grace is amazing partly because it's it it doesn't care where we're at but it does everything regardless of how good we're feeling or how bad we're feeling his grace moves and makes us righteous that's ridiculous so that's why this song sounds a little happier
1: chains are gone.
4: do something different and do communion right now um, so communion people can you hand out the stuff the goods yeah that would be great um well if you sit down you're going to have to come up real soon anyway to to start worship so do what you want to do yeah and do what you want to do. how are we doing pretty good pretty good yeah so can anyone tell me it's gonna the recipe for an old testament atonement of sin three things i'm looking for a sacrifice that's that's good that's one of them it's a very essential thing there's two more things you need for an old testament atonement of sin blood was that a blood that's part of the sacrifice i kind of joined it together two more things a high priest yep High priest? God? High priest? God? Yeah. Fire? oh Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's getting real technical now. It's getting real. A temple? Yeah, I don't know. You could sacrifice anywhere, I think. Um, uh, There's one more really important thing, which I'll just say, is you need people to sacrifice. You need a reason for your sacrifice, is people who need a sacrifice. So a sacrificial lamb, a God to sacrifice to and the people that need sacrificing for, I almost pulled the fingers, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) almost. I was like, one, two, oh, sorry, Aram. (laughs) Sorry, guys, I'm not meant to do that in church. (laughs) Or anywhere, or out of church, or out of church, okay. So the Jewish law required a one-year-old male lamb who was spotless and without blemish, Um, and, The priest's jobs, one of the things that they had to do, aside from actually presenting the sacrifice to God and preparing it, was to um, inspect the lamb and to check that it was spotless and blameless um, and to make sure that it was perfect and that the priest didn't inspect the people. He didn't inspect the people that the sacrifice was for, which I think is quite interesting because often we inspect ourselves when we come To communion, and we go, oh, oh, God, I had a bad week, had a bad year. Uh, Would you accept me again? But um, God, God doesn't look like, look at us like that. He's not inspecting us. Yeah. Um. So in the same way, when Jesus came and died for us, yeah, God didn't inspect inspect us. He inspected Jesus and found him blameless, but also found him um, carrying our sin. So. That was for once and for all. And so when we come to God today for communion, um, I wanna invite you guys to, to not hang your heads in shame and not to not go, oh, no, there's this in my life, or I did this, or God, you probably see this, but to know that um, that God inspected Jesus, found him faultless. And when he looks at us, he finds us faultless and it's hard to explain, but there's no way to, to get it until you get it get it as a revelation from God. so so if you haven't got it, hunt it because you I think it's essential to being a Christian and, and to, to walking in the grace that he offers us as well. Yeah because it's there. just you just got to step into it. you've got to stop inspecting yourself and you've just got to just look at look at God. yeah. So if all the communion is handed out, I guess I'll pray. Um, yeah. So Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for dying on the cross, God. Thank you for, um, for taking our sin away. Thank you for stretching it so far from the east to the west that, that we're not even close to it, God. And thank you that you make us righteous so righteous that we can step boldly into your throne and step boldly into your presence and so father help us to remember you and to praise you with all of all of every single second of our lives God I guess take it
1: Father everlasting, the all-created, God Almighty, through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is through. to
0: we started rehearsal this afternoon. I was spending actually about an hour just sharing stories with the musicians, Rob and Kat. And it wasn't all joy. You know, we're, we're real people. And life is both good and bad. But there's this constant thing, constant person in the middle of it. And I kind of did this, as I was summing it up at the end, I I did this shift of, it's not seeing God in our story, but seeing our story in God. Because he's bigger than that. He's bigger than just someone who's a part of our story. We're a part of his. And he sees our entire story. Our heartaches, our triumphs, our concerns, our fears, our joys. this this last song we're doing, Anchor. Our hope comes from the fact that our story is embedded in His. And you know, everyone here in this building, we're actually all connected, not in some freaky new age way, but by the blood of the Lamb. And you know, we need to dare to share each other's stories. We need to be able to be vulnerable and tell ours and say what's hurting. And to be able to jump off the stage when something's incredible. I hope that you guys can actually take some time to say, hey, tell me, what's going on in your life? What heavy thing are you carrying that I can pray for? because that's where we make a difference in this world.
1: Jesus, there is hope in your name, so we look to you, Jesus, yes, there is hope in your name.
3: Have you stopped to think about, well, the words of that song, number one, but how incredible it is to have the hope of Jesus residing in us. I would think that every person in this room now, we could all name or picture someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Can you put yourself in their place for a moment? And imagine what it must be like waking up in the morning without the hope of Jesus secure within you it must be a terrifying thing when you look forward at life's journey because as you said life's not easy I think of life a bit like train tracks there's one track that's got the good going on there's another track that's got the difficult going on and they run side by side but they generally run together you imagine waking up and not having any sense of the security, the love, the hope of Jesus. It would be great for a few seconds if you could picture somebody in your mind that you know needs to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we could simply pray for them right now. Let's pray for a revelation of God in their lives. Let's pray that God would use us to bring something, not to Bible bashing, but to bring something of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ into their world. Let's pray that there'll be a revelation of love and a revelation of hope. Can we do that for a couple of minutes? Lift your voices. Come on, let's speak it out. Prophesy their future. Prophesy their future connection with Jesus. Prophesy hope into their life, love into their life. In Jesus' name. Father, we lift all these people to you. Father, we call them home. We call them home. In Jesus' name, you died. You hung on a cross for every person, whether we care to acknowledge you at this point or not. And then you draw us toward you. And, Father, I ask for a revelation of truth, a revelation of love, a revelation of hope for each of these people that have been pictured, that have been named, that have been prayed for now. In Jesus' name. Father, let them find you soften their hearts to the point where they call on you, I pray. And when they call, we know beyond assurance that you are there and that you are reaching out and that you're embracing that you're pouring love on them. I thank you, Jesus, for every person that's been lifted to you. We declare your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Well, it is great to have Grant. McAllister with us this evening all the way from Hong Kong and um, as a church we've journeyed with Grant and Vicky for a long long time now they were sent out from here 21 years ago they've spent most of that time in mainland China and they're in Hong Kong and um, I love having people that we're journeying with like Grant and Vicky it's just fantastic and when you journey for a long time with people you get to know them and I love it when you can have like we've spent the afternoon together and I love it when you you see someone you haven't seen for a long time you give them a hug and say how's it going and then you just carry on like you know the last time you saw them and I think of Grant and Vicky in that way that you know these are friends these are family that we're doing life with and um I love being on the journey with you guys so it's wonderful to have you here just before I ask Grant to come uh some of you know I was in China a couple of weeks ago myself and um I was asked to go over and have a look at. Just come down here. I was asked to go over and have a look at a couple of opportunities there for us as a church, and the opportunities are to work with some NGOs, which are our equivalent of non-profit organisations, charities, and um, these NGOs uh, they're they're doing three things. One one is that they're teaching English, so English teachers into schools and into universities. Um, Another one is um, an orphanage for uh, children uh, that have been uh, either abandoned, uh, most of them are abandoned children actually, and and most of them are born with a disability of some description or with HIV. And then there's also another project, which is a farm project, which is helping uh, people with special needs get trained and get equipped so they can live in uh, society and live a productive life. One of the things that I really enjoyed and found um, uh, very challenging was at one of the HIV um, in, in places and in orphanages was, I think they've had something like, I can't, don't quote my numbers, but something like a thousand kids come through and they've seen 900 of them adopted out, which is absolutely amazing because some of these, these children are a real challenge. And that was great. But anyway, another thing that happened while I was there, I met a pastor and he is a pastor of what they call the Three Self Church in China, which is the state church. And, um, he's led a church there, and and now he's not leading a church, but he's still registered as a minister in the Three South Church, and um, he's got a, he's a born-again believer, and he's got a passion to see churches planted, to see people one for Christ, and um, he is really, really keen to connect with us as a church, and for us to help in the whole area of teaching theology, and um, doing some discipling and sort of structure stuff to help them move forward which is a fantastic opportunity now it's all got to be a bit on the quiet because it's all under the radar stuff and um, but it's a great opportunity for us to get involved uh, at another level in China so I have the great privilege in June of introducing my pastor friend with my grand friend and um, which will be much easier than me being in the middle because At the moment, he sends me the pastor sends me emails in Chinese. I send them to Grant. Grant tells me what they see and I answer him, what they say and I answer him. And um, actually, I thought the other day, Wendy, I could have been giving them to you. I never thought of that. Talk about slow. Anyway, um, uh, so anyway, in June, we've got a meeting in Hong Kong where we're joining forces to see what we can do and how we can do it and how we can help. Um, this part of the church move forward so that is incredibly exciting and um, that's us, that's us as a church that's our global mandate, that is mission, that's God working through us as a, as a family of believers to achieve whatever he wants to achieve pretty cool eh? I can't have explained it right because you don't sound that enthusiastic it's very cool, it's very cool let me tell you, it is cool so Grant why don't you come, it's wonderful to have you with us please give him a massive hand as he comes
5: Okay, good evening. Good evening yeah. Well it's great to be with you this evening. Um, as Sheridan said, my uh, family and I so we left New Zealand in '96, and we come back regularly. Um, when we left, my daughter was six weeks old, and my son was a year and a half, and we went off to Southwest China and life was extremely different than uh, life here in New Zealand. And um, lots of big changes, and we've journeyed uh, through the good times, through the tough times. But right throughout it, it's been great to have the church behind us, praying and giving financially, but praying has been really important. There's many times when we've gone through very tough situations, um, just in ministry but also personally, and it's great uh, to know that people are praying. So. As a missionary, I want to say that prayer really does work. We've seen tremendous answers to prayer. And so if you're thinking how to get involved in missions or what does missions have to do with me, um, pray. It, it really means a lot. Every, every missionary will say prayer is the real key. In fact, if you come down to prayer and finances, most would say they take the prayer rather than the money because we know that God is able to move and shift and change, whatever. And that includes finances. Amen? Good. Wonderful. About twenty years ago, I was in a mall in Hong Kong, and I was with my uh, son and daughter. My uh, Vicky wasn't with me; my, my wife. And uh, at the time, my son was about—I uh, think he was about three. My daughter, maybe about two or thereabouts. And I said, "Okay, let's go get some KFC." <laughs> Woo! Come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we went into KFC and we got the front table. And I said, Now, you guys sit here, don't move. Well, I go up to the counter and I'll get the food, and you just sit here. So they sat there, and no sooner had I taken about two steps, I turned around and my daughter was gone. Just like that, gone. And I thought, Oh no, where's she gone? And this tremendous fear and anxiety and worry came upon me. And I said to my son Isaac, I said, Where did she go? Where did Elizabeth go? And he's like, hmm, I don't know. You know, little kitty had no idea. And so I said, quick, let's go look for her. So I grabbed his hand, and we went out into the mall. And if you've ever been to Hong Kong, a lot of these malls have just got thousands of people just so packed. And it was on a Sunday afternoon where everyone goes out shopping. And I looked around, and I could not see her anywhere. And I had this great sense of, oh, man, I've lost my daughter. And then I was thinking, uh-oh, now I've got to tell my wife that we've lost Elizabeth. Uh, there was this tremendous sense of anxiety, and so I was going around looking, searching, trying to call in out her name. Everyone, I was, I, was, I was really worried. And anyway, after a short while, I saw an older lady come walking in the distance carrying my daughter, and she was looking out to see who might have owned this girl. And the sense of relief and joy that came over me to see my daughter was was amazing. And the reason I share that story is that today, or tonight rather, I want us to look at a parable that Jesus told. He told three parables together um, to illustrate a point that was the parable of the lost sheep or the story of the lost sheep, uh, the story of the lost coin, and the story of the lost son. And I want us to focus just on the first one tonight about the lost sheep. Now, are there any sheep farmers here? I've asked this today, and any sheep farmers? Nope. Okay, well, that's good. Um, the reason why I say that is is that I, I looked up a little bit. I read about why do sheep get lost? I thought that was a really interesting question. Have you ever thought about that? Why do sheep actually get lost? Well, how do they get lost? So I want us to look at that, and I want us to look at the shepherd. And from the Scripture here, um, the kind of person he is and, and, and what he does when he goes and looks for the lost sheep. So if we've got a Bible, can we turn to Luke 15, verse 1, and we'll read it out. Okay, so if you've got a Bible on your phone or a physical one, read it along with me. So Luke 15, verse 1 to 7. Now the context here is that the tax collectors were moaning and grumbling against Jesus because he was hanging out with people who they considered were sinners, people that weren't real good. And in fact, it goes on and says that he was even eating with them Now, that was a big deal to be able to eat together with someone. At that time, it showed a very close relationship. So they were moaning and complaining that Jesus was hanging out with these types of people. And so then he goes on to tell the story. So in Luke 15, verse 1 to 7, it goes like this. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. When Jesus told them this parable, then Jesus told them this parable: Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, "Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep." I tell you that in the same way there will be much, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. So uh, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, this evening we open our hearts, we open our um, ears, our spiritual ears, to hear your voice tonight. Uh, Lord, we, some of us have read the story many, many times, Uh, but Lord, tonight we pray that you would give us a fresh understanding of this. Help us to see your heart for the lost here and our part as we partner with you to also look for those who are lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so in China, um, where we've lived, often there is a shepherd with maybe 10 or 20 sheep, and you often will see them on the side of the road walking along. So it's not like big sheep stations down in the South Island, but they just have a handful of sheep, and often they can be walking along and the sheep are following or you'll see a sheep just over off the side of the road or in a little field, and there's a shepherd sitting nearby. And it speaks of a very close relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And so I was thinking, how do, in this kind of context, how do sheep actually get lost? So I did some reading, and it it, uh, talked about three different ways. The first of all, sheep who get lost, some sheep want autonomy. In other words, they really just want to do their own thing too bad about what others think. They just want to do their own thing. And so they get lost from all the other sheep. They slowly get lost because they want autonomy. They're stubborn. They want to do their own thing. The second thing is a wild animal or a predator comes and takes the sheep away. Now that could be a dog. It could be a wolf. could even be a person. Comes and steals the sheep away. Attacks the sheep and takes it away. The third thing is that the sheep wander off without actually realizing it. So they're busy eating the grass, and then slowly after a while, they're lost, and they wander off. Now, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking this is very um, similar to a lot of people um, and how they get lost. I mean, no one sets out to get lost. No sheep wakes up one day and decides, today I'm gonna get lost, right? No, No sheep does that. They wander off, they get lost, whatever happens. People are the same. People don't set out to say, I'm going to go and get lost. Okay? If you think of some of the people maybe you know who used to walk with God, but they're not here now anymore. They've, they've gone. They've, they've wandered off. They've got lost. Even this speaks of those who do not know Jesus. In life and in society, there are a lot of things that can take our attention, capture our hearts, our minds, and people will get lost, and they, they don't even know they're lost. And when a sheep gets lost, often what they do, according to what I read, they'll be bleating, so making a loud noise for a long, long time, hoping that someone will come and find them. And then after a while, it gets quieter and quieter, and then eventually they will lie down underneath the bush, and they'll just lie there, and not make a noise. Even so much so that when the farmer comes close by, or the shepherd comes nearby, they won't even make a noise, even though they are wanting to be lost. And that's how it is for so many people. There are many people that are lost that are, in some different ways, bleating out. Yeah? If you think about some of your friends, maybe some of the people at work, some of the things they do, some of the things they say are really them bleating out, showing that they're lost. And so Jesus wants these people found. The lost people matter to God, and they matter to us. So what I would like us to do now is with the person next to you so we're going to do something a little different i want you to take a look at this verse from verses one to seven and i want to i want you to think about a question and talk uh, between the two of you the person next to you and the question is jesus here he is the he is the shepherd i want you to ask yourself what does the story teach us about jesus okay as a shepherd what does this teach us about jesus okay so a couple of minutes So turn to the person next to you. If you're not used to doing this, don't be afraid. Open your mouth and say something, okay? And ask the question, answer the question, what does this parable teach us about Jesus as a shepherd? Okay, here we go. So let me ask, what what were some of the things that you discovered as you looked at this parable about Jesus as a shepherd? What what do we learn about him? What does he do? Or what's he like? Could some people call out some answers? He finds the lost sheep? Mm Mm-hmm. Good. Yep, he does. He doesn't give up? That's right. Yep, keeps looking. Very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, he doesn't wait till there's twenty or a whole bunch, he just wait one one gets lost and he leaves the others behind and goes looking. Very good. He doesn't mind what was that, what condition they're in? Yeah, good. I like that. Yeah, good. He's happy to find them. Yeah, he's happy to find them. He doesn't tell them off why'd you get lost? Yeah, great. Lovingly carries the sheep on his shoulders. Good. He's persistent. Good, yeah. You can imagine the shepherd down there in the ravines and the horrible, boggy, muddy places trying to find the sheep. Yep. Persistent, doesn't give up. Okay, those are good things. Yeah, well, that's what Jesus is like. And he go, that's, that's what his heart is. His heart is, is that just the one, he wants to find the one. He leaves the 99 aside and he goes... Looking for the one, so we're not talking about huge numbers, but he's willing to leave them aside and just go looking for that one sheep. Now, I read it that um, in Eastern a lot of Eastern cultures, the shepherd know their sheep very closely. And I was reading a story about how a man was in Greece and he saw these shepherd, a shepherd with his sheep, and he thought sheep, and he thought he would ask the sheep, <laughs> ask the, um, what um, about some of the things that he'd read in the Bible. So he went up to them and he said. Is it true that you give a name for each of the sheep? He said, Yeah, it's true. And then so he said, Watch. And the sheep were over in the a little bit over in the distance, and he called out a name, and that sheep poked its head up and came over. And I was thinking, isn't that that's what we read in John ten three, that Jesus is the shepherd, he calls his sheep by name and he leads them out. And the shepherd said that if he was to be blindfolded and you brought a sheep, one of his sheep over to him, he could feel the face and he could tell you exactly which sheep it was. And I thought, isn't that amazing, the connection and the closeness that the shepherd has with the sheep? When it's, there's a river and, and it's time to cross the river, the shepherd would often go first and the sheep would follow across the river. So the mature sheep, those who knew the, knew the shepherd well, would follow in behind and go across. And those who were a bit unsure, they would hang back, but eventually they would cross. And if one of the sheep got swept downstream, the shepherd would dive in and go after, go after the sheep. So there's a real desire there to want to save the sheep. We read that Jesus is the gate. So he literally, the shepherd would sleep across the pen of where the sheep are, and he would be the gate. So no one could go in and out or pass the shepherd, and that speaks of protection. So there's this very close relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. Recently I was, and we'll see some photos soon, we'll, we'll, I wanna show you some photos. I was up in the mountains of Southwest China and I was talking to them about the parable of the good shepherd. And all of them are shepherds. They understood what it means to have sheep. They understood what it meant to hire a worker and, they, and how the hard work often takes off when trouble comes. And they understood what it meant about the thief. Now, I'll ask you a question. When it talks about the, uh, the good shepherd and the thief comes to uh, steal and destroy, who, who do we often think the thief is? Often we think it's the devil. Um, for my friends in China, any idea who you think, for them, they all thought the same thing, who the thief would be? The government or the police, that they would come and they would steal away their church, steal away their spiritual life. Because in many places in China, that's what happens. The local police will come and they will shut down churches and they will try to steal away what is going on. Could we throw up some photos? Just recently... um, we ended up baptizing some folks, so uh, hopefully it'll come up soon. We started a project about a year ago. Okay, here we go. So we'll just stop for a moment. So these are guys, these are all new believers, only about six months old in the Lord, and each of them, so that's my co-worker on the left, the guy in the white shirt, and all the others are brand new believers, maybe about six months old, and they all represent um, a family in a village. So what we do is we don't do any one-on-one evangelism, no personal evangelism. We only try to win groups of people to Christ, so only families to Christ. And the reason we do that is because if we look in the Bible, we don't really see one-on-one evangelism. Not, not very often. Out of about the 30-something times in the book of Acts, maybe only three times was an individual one to Christ. Mainly it's groups. So we get Lydia and her household, Cornelius and his household, the Philippian jailer and his household. And so all of these folks represent a group of people in a village, and they got baptized just the other day, and then in a couple of weeks, they will go back to their village and baptize their own people. So what we try to do is, from a very early age, we get people to be baptizing one another. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's what what we do. So if we could just go through some of them, you can see the... Is there another one? Nope, not this time. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's okay. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay, here we go, here we go. So some people... So that's very, very cold water. Very cold water. It's not heated up in the, up in the mountains. Um, anyway, they can keep going, keep going through. If, if you just keep them going, that would be great. And so we, we now have 20 villages where we have the beginnings of churches and that have happened in the last year. So that represents about 120 people that have come to know Jesus. Yeah, so it's fantastic. So thank you so much for praying for that. And but what we, the reason why I want to show the baptism is that um, for us, baptism is a real marker as if, as of if you're following Christ or not. Um, I want to throw something out there. Did you know that we don't see the sinner's prayer in the Bible anywhere? No, praying the sinner's prayer. It's not in the Bible. Um, It's not that it's wrong. It's just not there. And so in the scripture, what we see as a real, as a mark of following Christ is if you've got baptized or not. Um, It's not too difficult to pray a prayer. It's another thing to get baptized because baptized shows that you're shifting your allegiance from following yourself and and what you want to following Jesus. And so what I'm going to do is I want to ask at the end of when I speak tonight, if you haven't been baptized, um, I'm going to ask you to make a brave step and ask you to come out the front here, and I'd like to pray for you. Okay, I, I can't stress how important baptism is. It's, it's a real marker of if you're serious about Jesus or not. So if you if you ask anybody in a lot of, um, in China, in India, you say, how long have you known the Lord? Most people will say, I got baptized on such and such a day. Okay, that that's the marker. So tonight... If you haven't been baptized, and as I speak, and you say, okay, I want to be serious about following Jesus, afterwards, come out the front, and I'd love to pray for you, okay? And then I'm sure Sheridan will organize a time to baptize you. Good, okay. Good, so this is, so it's been exciting to see what God is doing. Uh, many people coming to faith. Just the other day, I was sitting in a room of um, four generations of believers. So when I, so when I went out, to the mission field twenty odd years ago I led the guy to the white shirt to the Lord and then he's led others and then the led, led these guys that you see here and so it was just really neat my heart was very full a bit like when the um, the shepherd carries the sheep on his shoulders I sat there thinking, wow this is amazing and so I want to encourage you that God can really use anybody to make disciples yeah amen you don't you don't have to be some missionary you don't have to be someone special um, anyone can make disciples. Um, I was sitting in Auckland the other day, Ray was there at, the meet, at this meeting, and there's a guy there who, um, through his ministry, he's seen 500,000 churches started, okay, 500,000 churches, 7.2 million baptisms. I mean, you can't even get your head around that number, right? 500,000 churches, 7.2 million baptisms. And then another guy was was sharing He's saying in India. When he went to visit, he was sitting there one day, and then an elderly lady came up and was serving him the naan bread. And he asked a bit about her life. This old lady, that year she had baptized 10,000, or responsible for baptizing 10,000 people. Amazing, eh? And these are very ordinary people. Okay, now... You might think well you know this is Hamilton it's not India it's not China sure but the point is is that God is willing and wanting to use all of us to go find the lost sheep Okay, amen so what we do is when we do it in China we find what's called people of peace so in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus sent out the disciples he said to go and look for people of peace now people of peace are those that God is already working in their hearts often we feel like we need to be a salesman for Jesus and somehow give the pitch you know, as we share the gospel, but really it's not like that. God has already prepared people to receive him. And our job is to be just very naturally spiritual and to be contagious. And so that when people, those who are looking, so those as, we look, as we're as we looking at tonight, those who are lost and know they need to be found will be drawn to you. So whether you're at school or whether you're working or whatever the case is, just be a naturally spiritual person. I, I want to encourage you with that. Bring Jesus into conversations. Talk about how Jesus helps you. You don't need to give them the Romans road or the bridge or all these other, other, you know, methods. As good as they are, just simply talk about how Jesus makes a difference in your life. And the people who are searching will find you. Yeah, I mean, it's true. That's that's what we do in China a lot. And it's very effective. I was teaching English to um, a Muslim lady. So I was working with Muslims and... um, uh, a few years back, and there was just three of us in this little English company, and she said to me one day, she said, out of the three of you, she knew, all knew we were Christians, she said to me, you love Jesus the most compared to the others, and I said, Well, oh, you know, I don't know about that, I think we all love Jesus the same, she said, no, you love Jesus the most, and I said, why, do you, why is that, why do you say that, she said, because you talk about him the most, so it's you, and then you, and then you, so she had ranked everybody, <laughs> okay, Interesting percep- perception, right? So, for her, if you talk about Jesus, then you must love him because he's, a, you know, we talk about what we love, right? Yeah, it's just very true. We talk about what we love. Good. Maybe we could have a, the band up, play a song just as we finish. Uh, maybe no band? Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So just just a song of some kind. Um, So as I've said tonight, um, if you haven't been baptized, I would like you to take a bold step, and I want you to come up the front, and I'll pray for you. Okay? I don't know if there's anyone out here who hasn't been baptized, but I can't stress how important this step is. And the devil will do everything he can to stop you from being baptized. Okay? As I said, it's not hard to pray a prayer. People pray it all the time but being baptized is very different. We see in the scriptures, it was very much repent and be baptized. The, uh, the follow, choosing to follow Jesus and baptism came together. They weren't, they weren't separated things. Okay, so as we play a song, um, could you come down the front? I'd love to pray for you. And also if tonight, if you know you are lost, okay, if you know you're lost, I'm not even going to define what that means for you, but in some shape or form, you know you're lost and you want someone to pray for you, please come down the front and I'd love to pray for you. Okay? God bless you. Thank you. It's been great to be with you and we will likely see you in a few years' time. God bless
3: you. It's a great invitation there. A great invitation. If you are lost, what was it? It was... Uh, What was the first one? You just want autonomy. In other words, you just want to be by yourself, do your own thing. If you've been stolen away, or maybe you just got lost because you had your head down eating grass, not watching where you were going. It doesn't matter how you got there. The point is that you've ended up lost. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? If you know tonight that you need Jesus in your world and you're not walking with them as you should be or as you desire to be. And tonight you're saying, Jesus, I choose you. I know I've got to choose you. Tonight I choose you. It could be for the first time. It could be tonight that you're being found again. And you're saying, okay, Jesus, tonight I choose to come back into relationship with you. If you're either of those categories, in just a moment I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and You're not saying yes to me, you're responding to Jesus tonight, you're saying Jesus I understand I've got that sense that I am lost that I need to get things sorted out with you and can I remind you of that passage of scripture in Luke 15 that we've just read that the shepherd Jesus, his response was one of joy his response was one of care one of taking hold of the sheep and looking after it tonight if you find yourself in any of those categories the first time you need to say jesus i want to come into relationship with you or i'm coming back tonight lord just a moment i'm going to ask you to lift your hand and when you lift your hand you're responding to jesus you're saying jesus i am serious about this so while every head's bowed if that's you tonight could you lift your hand so i can see it now that Couple of hands. Thanks, man. I've seen three people lift their hands so far. Is there anybody else? I'm just going to wait a couple more seconds. Thank you. It's great. I think four people lift their hands tonight. That's fantastic. As we finish the meeting, if you lifted your hand then, I'd love you to come and see me down the front here because I'd love to pray with you. I know Grant would like to pray with you as well. But I want to also, at this moment, reiterate the invitation from Grant about baptism. Baptism is so important. The Bible doesn't say, oh, get baptized if you feel like it. It says, get baptized. It's a command of Jesus to get baptized. And if you're seriously walking with Jesus, then baptism is a must. It's not a maybe. It's not I could get around to it one day. Let's get on with it. let get on with it. Do it. Get baptized. And I, I think it was a great challenge that you put out to us. If you've not been baptized, why don't you come and stand down the front here, and we'll arrange a time for it to happen. Now we talk about winning our city for Jesus. We talk about wherever, whenever, being like Jesus. We talk about being hope. Talk about being salt. Talk about being light. But if we can't actually even make the commitment to get in a pool of water in front of our brothers and sisters. Our city's got bigger issues than I thought. You want to all stand on your feet? I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to stay standing here. If you've not been baptized, please come and see me. Please do it. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your incredible character. I thank you that you take hold of us with incredible joy and reach out to us with incredible joy that you love us that your intentions toward us are wonderful Father I thank you tonight for the four people have responded to you Lord we declare your blessing over them in Jesus name And Father, for the rest of us as we go about our week, I ask that you would stir courage within us, that wherever we are and whenever we're there, we would be like Jesus. Not only in action and deed, but also in word. That we'd be quick to share something of the hope and the love of Jesus Christ wherever we are. And Father, I also ask tonight that you would stir the hearts of any of us that haven't been baptized. progression in our walk with you. That you would stir us, that you would stir a desire so that we can take steps forward into the fullness that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for coming out tonight. As you go, thank you so much for being purposed in your giving. Uh, There's giving stations on the left as you go out if you'd like to to give. That would be fantastic. There's a couple of things happening tonight Um, before you go. Also, don't forget about School of Leadership on Tuesday night. Uh, but as you go, the young adults, I believe, are hanging out in the upstairs cafe tonight. That's great. With Ashley and team. So.